0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we are excited to be jumping back into our series, How Did You Get There Today, where present leaders in the sport industry will be sharing with us how they have navigated a career in the sport industry. I'm excited to have Joel Maturi with me in our studio here at USG's headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Joel, how are you? I am well. Noah, it's an honor to be a part of this. Thank you. Absolutely. And Joel, you've had quite the career in the sport industry, spending time as a student assistant at Notre Dame with none other than Eric Sijan, working in high school athletics as a coach and administrator, then taking on administration at the collegiate level at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, University of Denver, the University of Miami, Ohio, and finally landing at the University of Minnesota you spent 10 years as the director of athletics. And Joel, if you could just start us off by sharing how you got
1: your start in the sport industry as a student assistant
0: for the Notre Dame football
1: team. Well, let me begin even before that if I may know. You know, first of all, I've, I've been blessed and and I look back on on the career that I've had and as as you age you you fully appreciate uh, the ups and the downs and the challenges mm-hmm. and, and the people who've helped you and assist you to get to, to where you are. I, I grew up in northern Minnesota, not far from the Canadian border in the, in the middle of the Iron Range and small town. And as my wife tells me, I was a big fish in a little <laughs> pond, but uh, that was a positive thing in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Two older brothers who were pretty good athletes at the high school level got me involved because whenever they needed an extra player, I you know I was the guy they grabbed to, to make up the teams. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you did in the summers in, the, yeah. in those days. and and uh, so athletics became a real passion for me. I had a, a, some decent talent um, and my mother tells me uh, told me uh, that uh, even in the fourth grade that I had to write a little paragraph of what I wanted to do someday and I, I said I want to be a coach uh, In my high school yearbook ambition coach. Uh, so it was a dream dream that I had mm-hmm. um, Notre Dame was also a dream uh, in, in lots of ways uh, my dad um uh, who had a very serious injury between his junior and senior year of high school at Chisholm, uh, where I was from in northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. His best friend uh, went on to the University of Notre Dame and was one of the linemen uh, for the Four Horsemen at Notre Dame. Wow. They called the Seven Mules. Wow. And so my dad became a passionate Notre Dame fan. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he was a Gopher fan and he had season tickets to the Gophers, We would our vacation would be to go to a Notre Dame game once wow. a year since I was wow. five years old. And so I had a passion to go there. Um uh, wasn't good enough to earn a scholarship, uh, but did get invited to be a walk-on. Wow. Had a couple of other scholarship offers, uh, but uh, uh, Notre Dame was obviously the dream school for me, and, and mm-hmm. so I went to South Bend um, as a freshman. Those In those days, you couldn't play as freshman; mm-hmm. uh, you, you were not eligible to your sophomore year, but obviously, you are part of the program. Mm-hmm. And uh, in all honesty, I, I joke about it today, but I think they looked at me and they said, gosh, this kid is small and slow. I'm not so sure he can make it, but uh, I was a receiver, and... and um, and I actually failed the the physical exam. I had a very serious injury, which actually happened in the sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. I ran into a wall. Uh, in those days, the end of the court was you know two feet from the from the brick wall, and yeah. I had a pretty sh- shoulder uh, a neck injury, and and uh, prevented me from from really. Uh, continuing on in, in my mm-hmm. athletic career mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think no it might be the real beginning of me understanding that God had a plan for me absolutely, um, and that uh, everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and I can't tell you of my career later 20 years as a high school coach and, and many years 25 as a college athletic administrator yeah. um, that I would tell young people who maybe experienced an injury or had a setback of some sort um, that th- there's, there's a plan there and, and mm-hmm. I share for me it was a plan because um, uh, my freshman year at Notre Dame, uh, when we couldn't play, Mm -hmm. and I was not a part of the program at all, uh, we were two and seven. Uh, We would have been two and eight that year in football, but Mm -hmm. uh, that was the year President Kennedy was assassinated, giving away my age, and um, Mm -hmm. we didn't play Iowa. Uh, So they dismissed their coach, hired a guy by the name of Eric Parsegian, who you mentioned in the introduction. And um, I remember going across campus February of my freshman year uh, to see Coach Parsegian, I had the courage to do so in some ways, mm-hmm. and, I, and he, was, he was kind enough to make an appointment with me, mm-hmm. and I said, Coach, I'm a small-town kid, northern Minnesota. My dream is always to be a coach. Uh, I came here to try to play football. I couldn't play, I f- failed the physical, not involved. Is there some way I can get involved in the program? Mm-hmm. He gets on the phone in my office, uh, in his office, and calls a man by the name of Gene Paskett. Gene was the head trainer. Uh, at Notre Dame at the time and he said uh, in those days they didn't have all the people that they have today yeah. uh, and he said uh, I've got a young man in my office that likes to be involved in the program do you have a need for any help and uh, Gene said sure you know send him over and before I left the coach's office he said you can go to all our meetings you can go to any s- offensive side of the ball defensive side of the ball wow. special teams whatever it is he says I'll help you become a coach." Wow. And. Um, and and, and no I I was able to be around the coaches in the coaches room where they would say things that they would have never said to an athlete mm-hmm. and I just learned so many things nuances yeah. and, and if I may continue in the story here yeah. one of them that I tell all the time um, one of the things that just impacted me as a coach later on and quite frankly even as an administrator um, our my, my senior year uh, where we won the national championship yeah. uh, with coaches the coach um yeah. We were 5-0 and o and ranked number one in the country. And our sophomore quarterback and sophomore wide receiver were on the cover of Time magazine. And Arrow was really upset because these sophomores who played five games were on yeah. the cover. Wow. Not the Alan Pages, who was a classmate yeah. senior. Yeah. Not the Jim Lynches, who was our captain. Not the Nick Eddies. Not the guys who had been there three, four years who built the mm. program. Yeah. And it's not that he didn't appreciate Terry and so forth and Jim Seymour but he was he was uh, he wanted to thank and so he he I was in the coach's office and he coached called over coach uh, Tom Pagna our quarterbacks coach and he Mm -hmm. said I got to bring Hanratty down to earth I got to bring the seniors up and tell them that they're the reason where where we are and you know the drill and he left um, and I go up to coach Pagna and I said coach what's the drill and he said you know something's going to happen in practice and and Era, he called him Era. I already called him Coach. He says, Era's going to get all over Terry for something and kind of bring him down to earth a little bit, and he's going to bring up the upperclassmen because he believes that Terry shouldn't have been on the cover of Time magazine. It should have been somebody else. Not that he doesn't appreciate Kara. Right. But after he gets on Terry's case, it's my job to go over and build Terry back up because he never wanted anybody to leave the locker room feeling down. Yeah. And you know what? I did that for 20 years as a coach, because I'm an emotional Italian, and I probably yelled more than I should have, um, and I would tell my assistants, you make sure that doesn't that kid doesn't go home feeling down, yeah. you know? And so it's kind of one of those little lessons that I don't know if I would have learned the nuances yeah. had I not been in that situation. That's one of a hundred stories I could tell you, Noah, that I learned not being the athlete. I learned being around the coach yeah. and being around the program, and so... It, it helped me tremendously. And so that's how I, you know, I got involved at, at, at Notre Dame, had a great run, as I mentioned, won the national championship mm-hmm. for our senior year. We just had our 55th reunion um, wow. at, at the Purdue game a, a month or so ago, whenever it yeah. was. And, and uh, many of the guys came back and it was wonderful to see them. Um, they always have included me, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And, um, uh, and we continue to have a, a, a great relationship. We have a an email that's almost daily, uh, mm-hmm. praying for somebody who um, uh, maybe is yeah. ill. We've lost some of our some of our teammates, yeah. um, and you know, or to say something wonderful that's happened in one way or the other. And yeah. we continue to be very very close to this day.
0: Absolutely, and really, it's an amazing testimony there about your time at Notre Dame. Uh, two things jump out to me. One, uh, growing up in Notre Dame and myself, just that environment of being around that coaching staff was an incredible opportunity for you. No question. One of the top teams in the country still but even then uh, more so Um, and just the the fact that you mentioned that you spent time around the staff and learned the nuances by watching and spending time getting that experience i think uh, for our students listening i think that is the the biggest highlight to take out of that story is you need to be around these professionals to really learn what it takes to be successful you can be in any sport management class you can have any master's degree but if you're not actually around the um, the actual position you want to be in, and learning from people who are doing it, it becomes a lot harder uh, to learn the nuances, like you said. So
1: no like, question, it's really point. true. And, and and again, being a Catholic institution, uh, you know, and obviously there are many great public institutions as yeah. well. So I, I don't mean to say that, but for me at that stage of my life, that was important to me, um, yeah, because of the injury, and which I happens, you know, get the physical and whatever, August or September, and. Mm-hmm very depressed, don't know why I'm at Notre Dame. Am I smart yeah. enough to be here? Yeah. I came here to try to play football and so yeah. forth. And I had a lot of visits to the grotto at Notre Dame and lit a lot of candles. And, and, and my faith helped me through yeah. that difficult time and, and uh, continues to do so today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And really that that faith aspect. I mean, I, I think about so many... Uh, people that work in the sport industry now, and especially the students listening to this, they're at a point where they are, are, are student assistants or student equipment managers and in positions where they're getting little to no money and spending all this time in it. Man, that can be so defeating. So I think the point about having faith and really just using your faith in Christ to move you past those tough times, I think that's why we exist as an organization. I think that's really the the key to uh, staying firm in those tough environments and tough moments. Well, that's
1: when you need it the most. I mean, you know, God does have a plan, yeah. and and, and uh, you know it's tough sometimes to <laughs> accept and understand that when something, yeah. you know, some tragedy of some sort uh, happens, yeah. and it, it, yeah. it, it's it's very difficult. But uh, yeah. I, I do believe if you stay the course, uh, one of my favorite sayings, uh, you know, when I was an athletic administrator, and and that means you know stay with your integrity, stay mm-hmm. with your values. And uh, don't compromise, uh, you know, and yeah. I think today's world of win-it-all-cost mentality, too many people have compromised. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. there have been some ugly uh, ramifications because of it in the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, talking about staying the course, after you graduated from another day and you began your career uh, at the high school level as a coach and a director of athletics um, after your time coaching. So share with us how that experience came about and what you really learned uh, being in the high school level of
1: sports. Well, I went on to, after I from Notre Dame, I went to University of Wisconsin to grad school instead of uh, Minnesota, where I'm from, mm-hmm. because my high school girlfriend from northern Minnesota was a year younger than I, and she was at Marquette in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. And so I went to get closer to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I got there. I entered a master's of arts and teaching program. Notre Dame did not have an educational component, did not have a Fiat or kinesiology component. Right. Uh, and so uh, I needed to do that to get certified to, to teach yeah. and to, to uh, hopefully coach at the high school level. And I interned in Wausau, Wisconsin, uh, the second semester of uh, that graduate year. Yeah. And the person who interviewed in that, uh, uh, interned in that same class um, same master's of Arts and Teaching program, the first semester, had, had graduated from Edgewood High School, a Catholic high school in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, Edgewood has an opening for a social studies teacher, because that was my, my major was political science, and so that was my, you know, my major, and, yeah. and she said, because she had already gotten a job, and uh, so she uh, stated that. I uh, called the school, uh, Sister Kathleen O'Connell was the principal of, of the school, and I came and interviewed with her, and said, is there an opportunity for me to coach as well? Because that's really my passion. Obviously I want yeah. to teach and I want to coach and I understand that's what it goes with. Yeah. She introduced me to a man by the name of George Christ, if you understand that last name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so George Christ was the father of Paul Christ, who is now the coach at the University of Wisconsin. Yeah. And so um, George was excited to have me uh, on his staff and I became his assistant in football and basketball And for the first year I was the head track coach, and then the second year baseball, which I was more familiar with, became the head baseball coach. Mm -hmm. And the third year, because I had a chance to move on and be a head football coach myself at Eau Claire Regis High School, um, not too far here from the Twin Cities, and uh, George and I had a great relationship, and he said, you know what, I'm coaching both. Time for me to give one of them up. You take over the basketball job and still be my assistant in football. And so that's what happened. Uh, My third year at this Catholic high school, continued to teach. And so I was the um, assistant football, head basketball, and head baseball coach. Wow. And then a year later, uh, George uh, moved on to the University of Wisconsin as an assistant coach. Yeah. So I became the head football coach and the athletic director. Wow. I gave up the baseball. Uh, yeah. And so I was the head football and basketball and athletic director at the school mm-hmm. and uh, stayed there for 19 years. Wow. Um, had some success coaching, uh, yeah. fortunately had some really good athletes, really good kids great school, never thought I would leave, no, I was, yeah. I, I, I fit well, wasn't making a whole lot of money but that's what happened in those days in those small yeah. schools and uh, ended up marrying somebody other than that high school girlfriend uh, from yeah. uh, from Madison, Wisconsin and uh, we had three wonderful children who all went to that high school and, wow. and graduated from that school Yeah. my uh, oldest son ended up going to Wisconsin. My oldest daughter went to Notre Dame yeah. and my youngest daughter went to Miami, Ohio. Nice. Uh, so we, uh, we've kind of notched a, a little uh, belt at each of the places for the most part that I've been.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, I just love sharing that story of <clears throat> really loving that, that kind of small feel and really taking on different roles. You know, I said like baseball, football, being the athletic director. I mean, that is a lot to take on, but also tremendous experience and, and tremendous ability to um, really have an impact on, on students and on the kids, which which would I mean I'm sure in turn translated to your uh, future endeavors in in college athletics. So well,
1: it really does, awesome. and and I think no, uh, and I again when I speak to classes and, and to other groups, I, I share it often. Uh, the wonderful thing about a, a smaller private school is you had to do everything. Absolutely. Uh, and um, you know that's just part of the deal. I mean, in all honesty, uh, I cut the grass at the football field. I line the fields. Um, I swept the court before the basketball. I set up the concession stand in the in the, yeah. in the Pepsi cans, and I yeah. I did all that along with athletes who helped pull out the bleachers and do all those kinds of things. And right. so you, you you did all of it, and yeah. But it taught you what had to be done. I okay. think sometimes as the case goes, some people are born on third base. You know, yeah. they 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 haven't paid their dues, so to speak. Right. And I think when you're at that level, you pay your dues, uh, but you learn and you learn mm-hmm. and you learn, and and uh, it helped me. You know, really, when I ended up making the step, uh, you know, you know, to the Division One from high school to Division One, which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Uh, when when I made that step, uh, because my first job at Wisconsin uh, was as facilities and event management. Yeah. And And. Um, that's really what I did at the high school level. It was it, obviously it's much bigger at at, at a Wisconsin,
0: totally.
1: uh, much more visible and much more public. But it's really the same job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, you know, the football still the same length, and it's got, yeah. the grass has got to be cut, and the totally. and the lines lined, and the, yeah. the court is a little longer. But the you know everything's the same, and mm-hmm. and so uh, all that experience that I did at that private school for all those years uh, yeah. prepared me really quite well for the for the collegiate model.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You talk about that, that collegiate jump from high school to Division One. like you said, it is pretty unheard of. Uh, so kind of talk about just how that came about and what that transition was like coming from high school to uh, college athletics and college administration.
1: Well, I never thought I'd leave high school because I loved coaching. And it was, again, that's that ambition that I had, uh, you know, yeah. the dream of, of fulfilling and had some success doing so. Mm-hmm. Certainly never thought I'd go from high school to, to you know, Division One athletic administration. Right. I thought, if anything, maybe I'd go on to college coaching. And, and I looked at a few opportunities and, and you know, they came through. And, and, yeah. and so for di- different factors and different reasons. And you got to remember, back in the mid-'80s, um, Wisconsin uh, Athletic Department was broke. Uh, there were millions of dollars in debt. Their wow. football team was not winning. Their wow. basketball team was not winning. Unlike the, today, when you look at their program and you see what it is. Yeah. In fact, after we won the national championship my senior year at Notre Dame, my first year in Madison, they won one game. and my second year, they didn't win any. Wow. You know, that's that's yeah. how bad the program was. Wow. And so they, they were very poor. And basketball wasn't very good. They hadn't gotten to the postseason in years, wow. many, many years. Yeah. And so... Um, I, I think I got a call because, again, I had been there 19 years. The high school that I was at is six blocks from Camp Randall Stadium where the Wisconsin Badgers are down yeah. to play football, but it's where their athletic administration right. offices are. Yeah. And so I knew everybody. I had worked the football camps. I had worked the basketball camps. I mm-hmm. knew the athletic director. I knew everybody involved. And then I end, out of the blue, I ended up getting a call asking if I might be interested in being an assistant athletic director in yeah. charge of facilities and events. I think they looked at my background and what it is, and they could afford me because yeah. I wasn't making any money at the right. Catholic High School, and, yeah. and, um, and uh, you know, they they were really broke. And so I talked it over with my wife. I like administration. I, I don't like to judge what I'm good at or not, but I like structure. Yeah. I like uh, I like being organized, and, yeah. I, and I think that... Um, I said, what the heck, we'll look into it. And so uh, I looked into it. I ended up getting the job. Uh, interestingly, they hired me in December
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: of 1986, but I was still coaching basketball in the middle of the season. Yeah. And I said, I can't leave my basketball team. you know. Yeah. And I and I said, if that means I don't get the job, I understand. It. Yeah. But again, that goes back a little bit to your values. I committed oh, yeah. to these kids. I committed to that program. Yeah. And, um, I said, but you know, I'm, I don't know what I was at the time, 40 some years old. And, and I said, uh, you know, I'm committed to Wisconsin, but it, but it, it you know, it's going to have to wait until yeah. after the basketball season. Yeah. And so they, they allowed me to do that. I waited to the end of the basketball season. And then I kind of worked both at the high school and, and the university for until the end of the school year at the, yeah. at, at the high school, um, because, again, I didn't want to leave them, them high or dry, and, and Wisconsin was very understanding. But that's how I got the job. Um, I, was, I was there at the right time at the right place. They weren't winning. They were really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, an individual who uh, was in charge of football and basketball um, at the time and hockey uh, as a sport administrator yeah. uh, retired a year after I was there. Okay. And the new athletic director... Uh, realized what a messed up place wisconsin was at the time yeah. approached me and said i know you're not a part of the mess because you weren't here um how would you like to be a supervisor for football basketball and hockey wow okay no i'm one year removed from being a high school coach <laughs> yeah. now i'm overseeing a big 10 coach and overseeing yeah. it makes no sense yeah but it, it is what it is yeah and so again um quite frankly you know again can't say it's a lot of audiences but you know i did a lot of praying and, yeah. and did a lot of said, "Hey, this is this position God has put me in, and I'm yeah. here to just do the best that I possibly can." Totally. I'm sure I made my share of mistakes, but um, I think it also taught me, uh, which I think many people have applauded me for in my career later on, is I just was available. I went to practices. I got to know the kids. I, um, you, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah. it was a relationship type of thing. Totally. And then you, you know, you try to seek the right answers for the decisions that you have to make. Yeah. And again, I repeat. Many of the decisions aren't any different than the high school level. They're just magnified, yeah. it, but that's the same kind of decision. When kids are having trouble, you do a certain thing. When kids make a mistake, you respond in a certain way, When you, yeah. you whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and so I did that, and I was fortunate um, that actually I worked for three ADs. Elroy Hirsch, legendary person, the younger crowd would not know, but uh, hired me. AIDS Bonberg came on for a short period of time, and then mm-hmm. Pat Richter uh, came as my third AD in my third year yeah. um and uh pat and i had a great relationship um and he did a wonderful job of hiring people like barry alvarez yeah. hiring people like dick bennett and bo ryan and wisconsin's fortunes just changed and i was yeah. just honored to be a part of that transition totally. don't take any credit for it but uh but uh by the time i left wisconsin in 96 uh they had been to Rose Bowls, they had been to the back to the ncaa basketball tournament they had they, uh, you know, had gotten to the point where they are starting yeah. building the coal center, the new facility for which now plays where they play basketball and hockey. Yeah, yeah. And 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 certainly the renovations to uh, to Camp Randall Stadium. So, it's a long way from the high school where my football team used to clean Camp Randall Stadium after home games wow. to raise money for the school yeah. and for the uh, for the athletic department to now overseeing that whole
0: yeah.
1: bailiwick. Wow, it's incredible, and I, I
0: think really. Uh, just what you said—it's being around those those kids and relationship building—that is so key, regardless of your your level of of status in the program, no matter what position you're in, whether it is a coach or whether it is a, an administrator, you got to be around the kids. You got to build those relationships. I love that you said that. and I think that is that is undervalued today. I think nowadays we uh, sometimes get in positions of leadership and feel that we're above uh, relationship building. We're more more so just decision makers and that. Uh, isn't true. So I love that you pointed that out and made that clear.
1: Yeah, and I get nervous about you know, obviously the COVID has changed our world and, and um we've mm-hmm. all had to adjust and, yeah, yeah. and and the Zoom meetings that we've had and even the technology with the you know, texting and the email and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Um, I mean it used to bother me even here in Minnesota, I would say, you know, I mean somebody would would text me and they'd be two doors down. And I would say, no, 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 no. Come into my office. You, yeah. you know, I mean, we, you know, we need to do this. And I think the same thing is true, you know, with so many people working from home. I get it. I'm not here to be judgmental. But yeah. I think we're losing out on, on that real togetherness yeah. that I think in some aspects in yeah. some careers uh, are, are even more important than the, the work that is being done.
0: Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. And I'd even say the athletics uh, realm is, is a place where relationship building is key. Uh, it's one of those industries that, that is like that. Uh, so that's a tremendous point. And what's cool, that reading your story, is you did make a transition uh, to the University of Denver in 1996. I became the athletics director of the university. And share with us what that transition was like and how you set yourself up to be granted that position of leadership. Well,
1: I never thought I'd leave coaching. And then I got into athletic administration at Wisconsin. I never thought I'd leave Wisconsin. And in some ways, I've, I've told my children and, again, others yeah. that, you know what, every time you take a job, you may want to build it for hopefully another one. But take it thinking it may be the last one you'll ever have, which is okay. I mean, yeah. make it the best that you possibly can. Totally. So I never thought I'd leave. Um, interestingly enough, because I became involved in hockey, uh, even though I played basketball and then coached basketball, yeah. um, I uh, every step I've been collegially has partly been because of hockey. Yeah. Uh, WCHA at that time, very competitive hockey conference. Yeah. Denver was in our conference. Uh, I knew the coach at Denver. Uh, they were looking for a new AD, and he said, um, how about if I nominate you to be the athletic director at the University of Denver? This yeah. is my nine years now as assistant to then associate AD yeah. at Wisconsin. And I talked it over with my wife. Two of our kids were in college. Our youngest was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. We talked it over with her, and... She kind of said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll move to Denver if we were to get the job. Yeah. And so I went forward and applied for it and followed through and I ended up getting the job at wow. the University of Denver. Yeah. It's another lesson I learned in life. Um, I think I got caught up in the, the, the recruiting aspect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was excited about that. Gonna be a few more dollars, which is fine. Denver was a great city, yeah. um, lots of positives. But it, 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 it was not a good fit for me in the end, and, yeah. and um, that's that's nobody's fault but my own in some ways. Yeah. Again, a quick story, if I may. Um, yeah. a wonderful chancellor, a wonderful human being, um, who was never in the athletic world, nor really in the academic world. He was very successful as a business person, had yeah. taken over the university, and done a great job with the university. And Denver was Division Two at the time. Yeah. And except in one sport on the men's side, which was hockey, and one on the women's side, which was gymnastics, yeah. which was, is still allowed by NCAA rules. You can't be in football or basketball. You have to be Division One football or basketball. You have to be Division One in all sports. Got it. But we were to raise all the other programs to Division One status. And that excited me to be involved in that process and totally. establish the program. And so, totally. I, again, I, I, was, I was excited about, about bringing some of the things that I had learned at Wisconsin to, to do that. And I get there, and the chancellor says, well, you need to fire the men's basketball coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you do? I mean, your boss tells you to fire the men's basketball coach. And, yeah. and, um, and even though I hadn't evaluated it that way, right. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I asked what process I had to go through. In those days, you had committees, you had the athletes and former athletes, and you had faculty, and you had donors and different groupings. And yeah. I brought in four candidates. I brought in an assistant at Colorado, an assistant at Stanford, a head coach at a smaller school in Texas and somebody that I wanted who I knew yeah. I wanted this individual to be but again I had to go through this process totally. and um, the Chester had interviewed all four but as all these groups did well fortunately in some ways for me everybody all the groups liked the guy that I wanted to hire Yeah. and so I'm all excited about it I told him I was gonna offer him the job, but I had to get the clearance through the chancellor, I had to establish the money. I can't pay you as much as the hockey coach yet because he's been division one and we'll get you there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he understood. And so um, I go to the chancellor and I say, I wanna hire this guy. And he says, Joel, you can't hire him. I go, Chancellor, why, why can't I hire him? He said, Joel, I made you fire a division two coach. You can't hire a division three coach. Mm. I was gonna hire a guy by the name of Bo Ryan. Wow. Uh, who obviously wow. went on for unbelievable success at the yeah. University of Wisconsin. Bo had accepted the job with me, wow. uh, but my chancellor wouldn't let me hire him. Wow. I was hurt by that. Uh, I'm new in the job. I, I accepted it. And again, that's, again, yeah. you learn, you move and you move on. Yeah. Six months later, uh, in the spring, maybe a little longer than six months, a little later in that year, um, the uh, women's gymnastics athletes, the Division One program, came to me. And um, they were having lots of struggles, uh, not uncommon, eating disorders, things of this nature. Yeah. And uh, they had told me that the male coach had been there 17 years, very successful coach. Uh, he was weighing the young ladies himself daily. Again, we were Division Two. We didn't have all the personnel to do all yeah. these things. Right. He was body fat testing them once a week. He was saying things, according to the young women, he was saying things like, you know, your ass is sticking out of your leotards, you got to get yourself in, all these, this yeah. thing. So wow. I brought him into my office and I said to him, I said, uh, Dan, his name was Dan Garcia. I said, I said, coach, um, you've been coaching many years. You've had a lot of success. I know you don't mean harm, but, but things have changed. We're going to division one, things have changed. We are now going to have a sports medicine staff to yeah. take care of weighing the kids, body fat testing the kids. We're going to have a strength and conditioning class, class, uh, staff to get them in shape for you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm talking to him just like I'm talking to you. I'd like to think in a calm voice. And he says to me, he says, you know what? You're my fifth AD. I can hardly wait to get my sixth. That's how he responded to me. Wow. So I go to the chancellor and I say to the chancellor, I said, Chancellor, he will not be our gymnastics coach next year. Mm. And the uh, chancellor says, you can't fire him. He's the best coach we have. I said, Chancellor, in all due respect, I don't have a huge ego, I don't think, but I can't hire who I want. I can't fire who I want. I can't build the team that I want. I said, I can't afford to leave. I have two kids in college, and one's going to go in another year. I said, but I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look. And he says, that's fine. You, know, you do what you have to do. So, again, he was a wonderful man, did a great job for that school, but didn't fit me and my personality. Not knowing right. what my future was, like I said, I couldn't afford to leave. Right, right. Interestingly enough, um, we had hosted a hockey tournament in um, in uh, uh, Denver, and um, Miami of Ohio was looking for a new AD. Yeah, and um, uh, they asked the hockey coach asked me if I'd be interested in looking at it because mm-hmm. of what had happened. I was. Yeah, uh, interviewed for the job, got the job. Needed to tell the story. I go back and I tell the chancellor uh, that I'm going to take the, the job at Miami. And he says, oh, You need to stay. He said, I'll double your salary. Please stay. I said, Chancellor, it's never been about money. That's not who I am, you know, whatever it is. But I just need to have some decisions. And he said, He understood. So I was going to stay another month or whatever it is, you know, yeah. to uh, fix things up. My last day on the job, he calls me up and he said, Will you do me a favor? I said, Chancellor, what would you like me to do? He says, Will you fire the gymnastics coach? Wow. the young women had gone to him shared with him the same stories that they shared with me obviously more impactful coming right from them yeah. and so my last day on the job I did fire the gymnastics coach I'm not proud of it but, <laughs> but it's, uh, it was the right thing to do for, for that program and, yeah. and uh, you know some things as they say come around and go around and so I ended up leaving and, and, and going to uh, Miami after a short stint at Denver That would not who I am, not, yeah. not what I would be yeah. but Miami was a great fit just yeah. a great fit
0: yeah. And I really do love that story, even though it is was a difficult situation yes. at Denver, but I think for our students listening, a reminder that even though you do get a position that may be on paper amazing, right? Director of athletics at a, at a nice school in Denver, a great city, like you said, I checked all the boxes. But at the end of the day, you got there, and, and the situation wasn't exactly what you
1: thought it was. And that's why I say people get, make sure you check all the boxes, find out who you're working for, yeah. what power do you have, what, what do you need, and, and what is the vision that they have for you, and so on and so forth. And Like I said, it wasn't a good fit. It, it, it uh, uh, Lots of good things about it and wonderful yeah. people, but it wasn't a good fit.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to part one of this week's How Did You Get There episode with former University of Minnesota Director of Athletics, Joel Maturi. We hope that Joel's words are helping you become a Christ-centered leader of the sport industry. You can hear the second part of Joel's story on December 3rd, and you won't want to miss it as Joel has a special opportunity to connect with him for those who are listening. The episode will be available on all platforms and on our YouTube channel. If you love what you're hearing and you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our USG Academy on our website, UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to tune in to a special holiday episode of the Uncommon Podcast this Tuesday at midnight Eastern time, as well as a second part of this episode on December 3rd. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.